Lord, take your Bible. Turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter number one. Nehemiah chapter number one. And uh, praise the Lord for God's word. And uh, has given us a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And if you remember last week, Nehemiah. Boy, those people came uh, to Shushan. And uh, Nehemiah said, how, how, how are they doing back in Jerusalem? And uh, they told him, very, quite frankly, they're in distress, great distress. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down. The gates have been burned. And uh, Brother Nehemiah, he had a burden for God's people. And he prayed, the prayer of thy servant. And we read that prayer last week. We preached a message on the importance of prayer. And uh, we're going to look this week at how Nehemiah had compassion. And uh, when you have compassion, you make a difference. When you have compassion, you make a difference. Make a difference with compassion. Have, have you ever uh, heard the, the poem, The House by the Side of the Road? You ever heard that? It's written way, way back in the 1800s by Sam Foss. And Sam Foss was born in the Northeast. And uh, he would write a poem a day, and they would put him in the newspapers. And so, I mean... Through the years, thousands of poems, and Sam Foss, he had two famous poems, the most famous one, uh, probably The House by the Side of the Road, and I'm going to read it to you. Now, try to pay attention, if you can, to The House on the Side of the Road. There are hermit souls that live withdrawn in the place of their self-content. There are souls like stars that dwell apart in a fellowness firmament. There are pioneer souls that blaze the paths where highways never ran. But let me live by the side of the road and be a friend to man. Let me live in a house by the side of the road where the race of men go by, the men who are good and the men who are bad, as good and as bad as I. I would not sit in the scorner's seat nor hurl the cynic's ban. Let me live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. I see from my house by the side of the road, by the side of the highway of life, the men who press with the odor of hope, the men who are faint with the strife, but I turn not away from their smiles and tears, both parts of an infinite plan. Let me live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. I know there are a brook-gladdened meadows ahead and mountains of wearisome height, that the road passes on through a long afternoon and stretches away to the night. And still I rejoice when the travelers rejoice and weep with the strangers that moan, nor live in my house by the side of the road like a man who dwells alone. Let me live in my house by the side of the road where the race of men go by. They are good, they are bad, they are weak, they are strong, wise, foolish, so am I. Then why should I sit in the scorner's seat or hurl the cynic's ban? Let me live in my house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. I mean, that's good. There's, there's going to be a point to it in, in a bit. Some of you are like, oh, man, I had that home, I think, back in uh, my English class, and I didn't understand it then, I don't understand it now. But I'm going to go back to that, sort of toward the end of the sermon, just think the house, do we have the picture up there? You don't have the picture up there? It makes the poem so much better. Oh yeah, there we go. Make a difference with compassion, 
That is what I imagine the house on the side of the road looking like. And uh, here in Nehemiah, he is going to have compassion. And let's stand for the reading of God's word if you can. Brother Hatfield, that's a house. Okay, that's, that's a house. And uh, that's really not the house that was on the side of the road back then. You know, it was an old shack and, you know, it fell down through age. And so I really couldn't get a real picture of it, okay? So I was looking for a picture that reminded me of the house on the side of the road, at least what I imagined. But that's not what you imagined, I can tell. Okay, thank you, Brother Hatfield. I appreciate the input right there. Nehemiah chapter number one, starting in verse number one. We're gonna read the first five verses, starting in verse number one. Let's read them all together. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Kislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept, and mourned certain days, and fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Now, as you notice there, he asked concerning the Jews, and they said, the remnant are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And when he heard these words, Nehemiah said, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. He had compassion. He saw something. Now, he physically didn't see it, but he could picture the walls being broken down. He could picture the gates being burned. He can picture the people being in great affliction and reproach. And his compassion, his compassion that he had there, he ached with them, he hurt with them. And in doing so, it led to him praying and eventually going to Jerusalem and leading the people to arise and build the walls. Great victory. His compassion uh, it made a difference. And by the way, when we have compassion, we can make a difference. We know that verse in Jude where it says, and of some have compassion, making a difference. Now, here, here's the thought, and I'm, I'm gonna get ahead of myself, but I wanna make a difference. I'd like my family, personally, my family, my uh, family, my wife and I, my children to make a difference this side of eternity. Uh, I would like our church not just be a social uh, gathering. By the way, I like the social aspect of our church as a blessing. But in reality, I want our church to make an impact on the community. And in, in doing so, we have to have compassion. Trying to make a difference without having, um, without having compassion, you, you're going to mess up. When you have compassion, you can make a difference. We're going to look at that word compassion, that thought of compassion, and I believe by the end of this, you're going to see that compassion does make a difference. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we love you. And I do pray that you help me to remember, to really sear in my conscience the importance of me personally having compassion, my family having compassion, me leading our church to be a compassionate church. 
And I pray, Lord, that as we do have compassion, Lord, we make a difference. Nehemiah made a difference. Oh, we think of even Pharaoh's daughter made a difference. We know that you made a difference, Lord. We need you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Passion, hurting with somebody, aching with somebody, noticing somebody who's suffering, noticing somebody who's going through a difficulty and actually caring. Passion. Well, in reality, we, if we're not careful, can have such hard hearts, maybe a seared conscience, where we don't even see or notice or care when people are going through difficulties and struggles. That could be physically, and that can even be spiritually. But we ought to have uh, hurt with people that are suffering physically. We ought to also hurt and have compassion on the people that are, are struggling spiritually. And I don't know if you've noticed it, maybe you haven't seen it, but we have a world that's outside these doors that are lost and dying and going straight to hell. Why? Because they don't know Jesus as their Savior. In fact, many of them don't even care. And, and I, I, I say, well, bless God, they get what they deserve. Well, I don't know if that's the way Jesus treated them. Jesus saw them as sheep going astray. He saw them and had said, we need to have compassion on these people. Nehemiah, uh, wow, hundreds of miles away from Jerusalem. It had been a long time since he'd been in Jerusalem. Was concerned about God's people, about God's city. And now all of a sudden, there's a group of people that came uh, there from Jerusalem, and his heart began to ache. His heart began to long after God's people back in the promised land, the uh, city of Jerusalem where the temple had once been. And he began to have compassion, and he wonder, wondered, how are they doing? They're in great affliction. He began to see it in his mind. Imagine they're in great affliction and reproach. They, uh, the gates of Jerusalem have burned down. The walls are broken down. And you can almost see Nehemiah staring and picturing the walls being broken down, seeing these people maybe starving, seeing these people in great affliction. And he, he longs to help. He longs to see it in a, in a different light. He longs to see the temple rebuilt. He longs to see God's blessing on that city, on that nation, on the lives of those people. By the way, we, we know he heard these words. He sat down and he wept. It hurt. He, he physically came to tears. He mourned. He, he, the Bible says he fasted. He says, you know, I'm hurting so bad. I'm having compassion so much for them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some time off and, and not eat. And then he went to the king of kings and Lord of lords, the great God that we had. He cried out and said, God, we need your help. But that, that's a little thing as you look through there. And when you say he heard these words, it's basically he saw he noticed. He then he was moved with compassion, and that seeing and then moving with compassion, praise God, Nehemiah made a difference. But, but it, the difference didn't happen till he saw. He was moved with compassion, and when you see, you move with compassion, you make a difference. Okay, go with me to Matthew chapter number nine. This truth is found throughout the scriptures. You know, it's, it's like we approach for revival. Woo! Man, I want to see souls get saved. I want to see lives get under the preaching of God's word. I want to see families live by the book. 
And I, I do, I do. But sometimes we, we can't get them to that point unless we have compassion. We realize what they're going through, whether it's physical or spiritual difficulties. Matthew chapter number nine, verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people, verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, okay, that's, that, that's very similar. He saw the multitudes. He noticed the multitudes. He opened his eyes to the multitudes. He was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd, then he said unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into his harvest. Well, it's such a great truth right there. Jesus noticed the problem. He saw the problem. And I'm not trying to get out of myself, but sometimes we don't make a difference because we don't see. We don't make a difference because we don't notice. We haven't opened our eyes and saw the spiritual needs of people, the uh, physical needs of people. And we want to make a difference. We all say, I want to make a difference. But we live our lives making no difference. Sometimes it's with our children. Sometimes it's in our marriage. Sometimes it's at work. Sometimes it's even at church because we don't open our eyes and see that people have struggles and difficulties that doesn't lead to compassion. Go over to John chapter 11. Oh, this is a good truth. John chapter 11, if you remember uh, the, the man Lazarus, Mary Martha, they had a brother named Lazarus and oh, he, he died. He was sick, he died. And uh, Jesus waited a few days, went down there uh, to Bethany and they got there and it was too late. He's dead, he's in the grave. And in verse 32, John chapter 11, verse 32, then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. By the way, oh, she went to the right place. That's a good thing to do. When you have problems and difficulties, go to the right place. Go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. He cares. When Jesus, therefore, saw her weeping, he noticed her. He saw her weeping. And the Jews also weeping, which came with her. He groaned in the spirit. That's compassion. Was troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Then amazing verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Why, why did he weep? He saw why did he weep? He had compassion. He cared. And we see the difference in the end. Lazarus, come forth. And sure enough, he came out with grave clothes on. He made a difference. Jesus made a difference. He's God in the flesh. Jesus made a difference. But praise God, his example of seeing, then the example of caring, having compassion, leads to making a difference. I want to make a difference. In revival, I want to make a difference. Sometimes I don't make a difference because I don't open my eyes. Sometimes I don't see. Sometimes I don't care. I don't have compassion. Then I get to the point, why didn't I make a difference? Why? Well, often because I didn't see, often I didn't have compassion. Well, you go a little bit further, and this is uh, interesting. Well, I can read these verses because Jesus is God, right? We understand that. Uh, this is not a Bible study on that, but Jesus is God in the flesh. And uh, the book of Psalms 
has so many verses about compassion, but it mentions our God. And it says this, O Lord, uh, but thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering. Oh, can I, can I remind myself? Man, I was destined to die and go to hell. Amen? I was a mess. But praise God, God sent one of those laborers to me. And praise the Lord gave me the gospel because of God's compassion. He died on the cross for my sins. I got saved by the blood of the crucified one. I'm bound for glory. We hear preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We do. And it's good. We need to. We need to. But if, if, if we're not careful, we can harden our pea-sized heart. We can. We get cold. We get uncaring. We used to care, but we don't. You know, revival used to matter. And by the way, it does matter. But if we're not careful, it used to matter. God used to do great things. God used to allow our church to see souls get saved. It hasn't changed. Boy, it's us. It's me. It's me. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Our God, our Lord, O oh Lord, uh, but thou, O oh Lord, art a God full of compassion. Psalm 111, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Psalm 112, he is gracious and full of compassion. Psalm 145, verse 8, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Uh, the prodigal son's father. Remember the prodigal son? He got his retirement, uh, wasted on uh, riotous living. And he was bad. Like when I say bad, he was bad, went to a far country. And uh, by the way, Riotous living, a life lived away from God, always 100% of the time leads to misery. And the most miserable people outside of, uh, the most miserable people in the world are people who have been saved by the pig pen. And then when you're in the pig pen, it's not, it's not too late, but you got some problems. Uh, Debt, 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 different. It's not, it's the same. So why go? Why, why not just have faith in, away from God? I can tell you story after story about how people have killed themselves how they, prodigal son, I'm going to go, going to be fun. Then he got to where he was and he said, man, I was dumb. 1520. And he arose. And he arose and had compassion. Heaven, and in thy sight. By the way, there's no, there's no other way to get right. I can tell you 100% of the time, God is always right. 100% of the time. Not 99.9, ask our God for forgiveness. We have to have a, a broken and contrite heart. And, and praise God, the Father, right? Heaven and I sight, and are no more worthy to be called thy son. But the Father said to his servants, bring forth prodigal sons, had compassion, made a difference. That's a great truth. Doors, we need to love them, care for them, and say, welcome home. Welcome home. Cares for there's hope for your life. You can't change the past, but you can get back on that right road to live for God. She lights of so many different things. You can, I'm just saying, wicked living, sinful liberty. Uh, you know, you you go to uh, you go to the courthouse and people speed, and they go 125 miles, often ends out behind the wheel of the car, drunk driving. And I remember watching her at the courthouse, and uh, she was trying. She broke the law. And, you know, we lose our liberty when we break the law. Amen. Man, praise God for this book right here that guides and directs you to uh, 
Pharaoh's daughter. I, I, you don't have to turn there, but e e Ezekiel chapter two, she, Pharaoh's daughter, not even saved, had compassion. She made a difference. Moses, right? And, uh, you know, the, the application is very simple. The Lord of that servant, remember, and the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt, right? That same person that was forgiven, Brother Jordan, the same person that was forgiven, shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant? All of a sudden, we're going to, you know, we say it's real and it's real, but it's really going to be real after you die. Real. But it's going to be really real. And you're going to go and you're going to, uh-oh, what have I done? You can have compassion and make a difference. I want to have compassion. I want to hurt. I want to be just saying I have compassion. I want to have compassion. You ever get under conviction? I was walking out of the guy is not going to listen to me. He doesn't look like he's going to listen to me. And then there's a battle. You never had that battle. But I had that battle today, and I said, this guy, he doesn't want to talk to me. You never have that. So he walks, hey! I said, I'd like to invite you to Chesapeake Baptist Church. We're having a big resurrection service right there. He looked at me and smiled. Well, thank you. We are. Your compassion. You can have compassion. In other words, don't just say you can't serve. There's multiple, but number one is to grow spiritually. The word of God's preached. Somebody cares. It's, it's being a good Samaritan like we preached on Sunday morning. You know, you could see a niche and you make a difference. I saw a story and uh, there was a spring on his land. And as the drought grew worse, the man who has that spring and one of the water ran something. So he sneaks on the property, fills a bunch of, next thing you know, they catch the guy, bust him up. And the guy knocks down those bare drought. And the man's, my water, it's my water, it's my water, it's my land. And uh, then the poor man, without any water, his house catches on fire. And he has no water to put out the fire in his whole house and everything burns up. My water. Now, we're getting back to that house. Finally, it's eight o'clock. I mean, and then I'll tell you why I read that poem. There's a the, there are hermit souls that live withdrawn, souls that blaze the path where highways never ran, but let me live by the side of the road and be... Well, Sam Foss was hiking in the mountain. As he was dying for a thirst of water, he noticed a, a house that had a trail up to it, a big spring, and a little canter thing like this where he dipped in there and got a cool drink of water, and he's like, ha, ah, free to anyone that wants one. So he went over there, and he got him an apple, and he started munching on the apple and a drink and anybody can go by. What's, and he said, we don't have much, but we have a spring. Poor, everybody could use a drink of water. Everybody could like an apple. Here, Christian, saved by the blood of the crucified one. You want to make difference? I do. You can't our lives and make sure that we're a people that see and have compassion.